Welcome in, everybody, to the Westside Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. This, this is your guys' first time listening to the show. Welcome to the podcast. This podcast is free and available on all platforms, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Samsung Podcasts, Index, iHeartRadio, and much, much more. Today, we have a lengthy Around the World section today. I got some Mariners topics I'm going to uh, kind of give over the recap of the weekend. And uh, I got a lot of Seahawks. I got a little bit more Seahawks than I do Mariners today. We got some takeaways from the mock game. And with that being said, let's just hop straight into it, shall we? Well, Kevin Durant has reiterated that he wants to be traded out of Brooklyn. I do not blame him. The team has become a dumpster fire. Kyrie Irving has done absolutely nothing to help Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. That is a fact. For those who do not know about Kyrie and last season, uh, please check out a couple podcasts before this. I dived in a little bit deeper on the kind of the whole the back channels and like the work of Brooklyn and how much work they did to get Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and it just blew up in their face unfortunately but with that being said um Kevin Durant's obviously a generational player he is uh one of a kind he's been obviously one of the best players in the league for I don't know what 10 plus years now I forget how many years he's even been inside the league never forget when he was drafted as a Seattle Supersonic but you know we can dream to have that, you know, if they do come back before he, he retires. But that's a completely different conversation for a different podcast. I just kind of wanted to bring to light that Kevin Durant has let it known. That it's like, look, either you want me or you're going to get rid of Sean Marks and Steve Nash, which this is not going to be a very popular statement. And this is just my own personal opinion. I try not to do this very often. I don't like when NBA players do this kind of stuff. I just don't. You are a performer. You're an entertainer. You provide entertainment for people on a nightly or uh, every other nightly occurrence, right? You get paid millions and millions of dollars to do a sport that you love to do, that you're blessed to be able to be that good at to where you're able to play it at a professional level. And I understand superstars in basketball have more power than other stars in other leagues besides for obviously quarterbacks because that's the biggest position in all of pro sports no quarterback no championships is pretty much how that works right so i understand the fact that if you are a player of that kind of status of that uh level right you have the ability to say look i don't want this and if i don't want this then you need to send me somewhere where i want it we saw it with uh james harden now we're seeing obviously i'm talking about with kevin durant Kyrie Irving won out of Boston. Um, it just, the list goes on. And it feels like if you just keep doing this, you're empowering the players more than the owners. And it's not that I want the owners to have more power than the players. I just feel like the balance of power needs to be even or equal or as close to as we can make it happen. So that's kind of why I want to cover on that for as far as Kevin Durant. Reports out of Carolina this morning state that Baker Mayfield indeed does have the edge and the lead in the quarterback competition for the Carolina Panthers. There are some reports stating that the Carolina Panthers want to shop quarterback Sam Darnold. I don't really see this as happening. You need a quality backup. Unfortunately, Baker does get injured, you know, fairly often or somewhat often. Um, he's not like he's he's not an injury prone player. But he is of smaller stature build. He's not a you know a wider chested guy. Doesn't have big broad shoulders. Um, but overall, I see what's going on in Carolina. I see why they did what they did. I'm glad that Baker's playing well. I'm 
I like Baker Mayfield. I'm not a lover of Baker Mayfield. It's not my thing. But however, I do want him, I want him to succeed in a different system. And maybe Carolina was the, is the right place to do it. I still hope and wish he was a Seahawk. But as we all know, that's not going to happen this year. The 49ers are, quote, in no rush to deal Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll wait until the, uh, the cut-down day to make a decision on his future with the any kind of a, of a surprise or a shock by any sort of, of the mean, just due to the fact that if a team loses a quarterback, like for an example, when the Vikings lost Teddy Bridgewater due to that catastrophic knee injury in practice, that's how Jimmy G's value goes from, let's say, a fifth or a fourth round draft pick to maybe a third. Or, you know, I wouldn't give a second for Jimmy, but I'd probably do a third at the, at the very highest, uh, you know, Give or with with the the third highest value for him is what I should say, but overall, um, I'm not surprised that they're doing this. There's reports coming out from other players in the San Francisco camp: Debo Samuel, um, George Kittle, Joey Bosa, all those good guys, and uh, what they're just saying flat out: the dude's balling, absolutely balling, and he's got the arm talent. We all know he does, but until he can make it consistently. The Niners are kind of in limbo right now. They're just kind of relying upon how the Seahawks felt with Russell coming in a rookie year and making all the throws and showing he's capable of running the offense. Last year was pretty much his redshirt year with the Niners, and now it's time for him to hit, hit the ground running. Kareem Hunt, running back from the Cleveland Browns, has officially requested a trade out of Cleveland due to a lack of consistent touches and just being involved more with the passing and running game just due to the fact, obviously, that... Uh, Nick Chubb runs the show. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs in football, regardless standard fantasy or just normal, regular, you know, football league stuff. The dude is a monster. Uh, you see his videos all the time of him walking into a high school gym and squatting 600 pounds, and it's a joke. The dude's an absolute horse, train, uh, just a freak of nature, truly is. Unfortunately, due to his running style, though, he gets hurt fairly often. And if I'm Kareem Hunt... Nick Chubb's in the last year of his deal, as far as I understand. So this is an opportunity to maybe make some money, make some hay. The fret that the the grass is cut, like you know, bail it up and throw it inside inside the barn. Like let's go. If I'm Cream Hunt, I wouldn't go anywhere. Uh, the head coach over there has a great job uh, of running the dual back system. Obviously, they're going to rely upon the running game due to the fact that Deshaun Watson now, from the reports of it, is going to be out probably a year. Last couple podcasts, I did talk about him being out for six games, but the NFL has appealed his uh, the sentence that was given to him, and now he they will uh, move forward. They're trying to find a way to see how many games he will be suspended for for the course of the regular season. And I apologize if I get this name wrong, but I'm gonna just give a little shout out today because I had a stat show up today on my on my Bleacher Report, and I had to just bring this up. Sabrina Iowascu. Ionescu, I apologize if that's wrong, becomes, uh, she became the first WNBA player to reach 500 plus points, 200 plus rebounds, and 200 plus assists in a single season. That is remarkable. There's a reason why this woman worked out with the late, great, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant all the time, because Kobe said she got that dog. She's got that Mamba mentality, and Kobe did not give that out very often, if he ever did, to anybody. Because if you had the mama mentality, that was like one of the greatest awards like 
or you know acclamations that you can give to a professional basketball player. So I just wanted to bring that to light. And then around the world section is going to end today with Fernando Tatis Jr. has officially started his rehab assignment in AA with the San Diego Padres organization. This is a big time news, obviously because of the Juan Soto trade, the Josh Bell trade, uh, Josh Hader, Brandon Drury. Now they got Tatis coming hopefully within the next month or so. Padres are going to be a problem. And quite frankly, I'm here for it. I'm ready to watch some quality baseball. I'm ready for for the playoff push. And uh, one of the teams we're hoping to be inside of that playoff push is the Mariners. And let's just roll straight into the next section. The Mariners, over the last 58 games, are tied for the fourth best record in baseball with 36 wins and 22 losses. I just kind of wanted to uh, just kind of show that stat, give a little love overall just kind of a perspective you know a different lens to look at not just you know day to day but the last couple months baseball they're one of the best teams in baseball they really are they're playing outstanding baseball when it has to happen for an example last our series before last we went into new york city and when expected can we just win one game we win the series we beat up garrett cole we leave him down to the ground you know it's like uh i'm on that show peaky blinders right now Great show, right? And that show's all about just doing things at opportune times and making the best of it. You know, it's one of the, uh, the things I've gotten out of it. And that's what I see right now from, from these Mariners. What they do is that they play their best baseball when they have to have it, and they don't back away from the greatest, the greatest spotlight and situations and times to do so. Kevin Padlo, who was a uh, recently DFA'd to make room for, for Jake Lamb on the roster, was claimed by the Pittsburgh Pirates yesterday morning. Adam Frazier, I've talked about almost every podcast the last, I would say, four or five podcasts I've talked about Adam Frazier. Because at the beginning of the season, I was all on the Adam Frazier hype train. I was like, man, this guy is going to be a pillar in our locker room. He's going to be great, all-star. And he struggled. And he struggled, and he struggled, and he struggled. And I was like, man, is he ever going to be able to see the light of day again? Like, this guy was a perennial all-star. He was supposed to be the bee's knees, the utility guy, the Swiss Army knife that we desperately needed. Well, this is what Adam Frazier's done the last 30 games. 318 average, 362 on base, reaching in bay- on base 24 of his last 30 games. Been filling in at the leadoff role uh, because of J-Rod's injury, all that, all that, you know... All that stuff has been happening. We've been a very injury-plagued team this year. You know, we have to, we have not had one game all season where we had every starting player that we anticipated in our lineup to be in the one through nine all season. We either it was first it was uh, Kyle Lewis, then it was Mitch Hanniger, then it was Julio, then it was Ty France, J.P. Crawford for a couple of games. This team has just battled and persevered and pushed through so many obstacles to the point where now they have become a recognized, appreciated, and respected team in baseball for the first time in I don't even know how many years, which is just a fantastic thing to just just to enjoy. Just sit there like a true fan and say for the first time in a long time, and for the love of Dave Niehaus, my oh my, is it tasty that we finally get our respect. Robbie Ray, the addition of Luis Castillo. Now everybody's talking about the Mariners because of the Luis Castillo trade. Nobody talks about the prospects we gave up. They're recognizing this rotation is going to be filthy for years to come. George Kirby was dominant in his last start against the Angels. 
That two-seam run on that fastball was dynamite. I can't wait for this kid to grow next season. I mean, I hope he works with Jacob Jacob DeGrom, the, one of the greatest pitchers of my generation. Please just have the full the full rotation come to fruition. Like for the first time in like 20 years, right? I know I'm going a little bit of a tangent right now, but I'm sure as Mariners fans like myself, we are watching something that has not happened in a very long time. You know, if we are prevalent playoff contenders, it doesn't happen until the very end of the season. If we can squeak in, we are in the month of August. And we are being talked about every day across MLB Network for Major League Playoff contention. And that is a beautiful thing. And I am pumped up. Whew! Man, I needed to let that one go. Yesterday's game overview. I'm going to touch on a couple things. And then we're going to do the pitching matchup. And then I got a whole bunch of uh, Seahawks stuff from the scrimmage yesterday. Marco, you know, you sh like I, just like I talked about with the Yankees series. You show up. When you need to show, you shove when you gotta shove. And he shoved hard yesterday. Six innings pitched, three earned runs, one walk, seven strikeouts. Continuing on the pitching, bullpen was dominant yesterday. Three innings pitched, no earned runs, no walks, four Ks. All but three players recorded a hit yet yesterday. RBIs from Sam Haggerty, who continues to just be a glue guy for this team. Two hits for him yesterday. Eugenio Suarez, two RBIs, and Grandma break out the rye bread and mustard. It was Grand Salami time, Jesse Winker. Four RBIs, clutch Grand uh, Grand Slam yesterday. Man, that was a majestic, towering home run. And that sure seems to be the uh, theme for Jesse Winker this year. When he hits dingers, they are tall, and they go a long ways. And, of course, it came off of a left-handed pitcher which he just continues to crush this season, which he's never done in his whole career. And if that's how it's going to be coming to the playoff time, I am all here for it. Because if you got lefties who hit lefties, it changes the entire dynamic of a lineup and how the opposing uh, coach is going to use his bullpen against you. Split the series overall against the Angels, 2-2. Two and two. Not the ultimate best outcome for this. It was pretty much like, I wouldn't call it, the bare minimum, but pretty much close. You couldn't afford to lose this series versus the Angels. Due to the fact the Angels are not that good of a team. Um, Obviously, there's no Mike Trout right now. Shohei Otani did nothing all series, which was awesome. Because he can single-handedly win a series on his own shoulders, on his back. But overall, this Mariners team continues to play well. Torrens had a nice couple of hits. Unfortunately, I don't think it's going to do anything for him staying on this roster. Kirk Casale will take his spot. I'm sure they'll try and keep Torrens on the roster, just due to the fact that Jerry loves Luis Torrens. But overall, uh, no, we can't can't excuse me, we can't carry three players on the team right now or three catchers, excuse me. And uh, today's pitching matchup's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, something to watch. I don't know how I'm a little nervous if you can't tell about this. Logan Gilbert versus Jamison Tyone today. <sighs> Logan, like I've talked about so many times, man, if you don't control and have good command of the off speed, this is going to be a recipe for disaster because the Yankees feed on fastballs, especially on Logan Gilbert's fastball for some reason. He's been hit really hard this season by, by the Yankees. He got hit really bad last uh, last series versus the Yanks in their ballpark. Hopefully it changes at our at our place, considering our uh, ballpark is much more of a pitcher's ballpark than a hitter's ballpark like it is in New York City. But I hope it does well tonight. Jameson Tyone can be hit, 
But if he gets into a groove, it's going to be like a Patrick Sandoval where he's just going to keep you off balance the whole game. Can't, can't afford to have that right now. Seahawks scrimmage game. We got a bunch. We got a whole lot to, 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 to get into. Uh, I got to start off with giving some love to Drew Locke. He looked fantastic. 19-27 on passing. Uh, continue to extend plays with his legs, which is a key pivotal point of him trying to win the quarterback competition versus uh, Geno, Geno Smith. Geno struggled throughout the day, uh, missing a lot of his deep balls. Uh, he did make a handful, a good amount of check down passes, which is going to be needed in the system. But definitely Drew Locke won the day when it comes to the quarterback competition. Standouts at the scrimmage were definitely starting with Daryl Taylor. This dude is quite simply a man amongst boys. And I know all these guys are alpha males, right? That's why you play football it's one of the you know a prerequisite of playing football right but these is that dude he dominates every single opportunity and snap to win and make a statement and get into the backfield with continued explosion and aggression which is exactly what what we need he reminds me of a lot of frank clark but i think he's gonna be better than frank clark i really do Tariq wolin this guy is every time he gets on the field people's heads and are just turning they're like who is this guy uh took the first team reps during the scrimmage due to the fact that Sidney jones is recovering from concussion like symptoms still um as far as i know he will still be held out of practice today as well so i'm sure that probably means Wollum will get practice at first team today he is proving talent with his ability and speed to learn the system and his coverage of downfield is such a huge piece for pete carroll and having that kind of a player who is six four six five Runs a sub 4-3, super long arms. The guy, I mean, he really does look like Richard Sherman. Just so, so fa much fat. Like, he's so quick. Like, I can't say it enough. When you have a guy who's six foot five and runs a sub 4-3-40, and he does that in pads at game speed, that's a game changer. Completely a game changer. Now you are covering the deep ball, and he's just sticky. He's all over, guys. Uh, long His long arms are just disrupting passes all over the place. I gotta give him a lot of love, because he's been a incredibly pleasant shock for this uh, training camp and during the scrimmage yesterday. My my uh, my personal opinion, Corey Thompson was the best receiver on the field yesterday, or on Saturday, excuse me. Recorded the only touchdown for a wide receiver, had three catches, uh, second most receiving yards behind DK Metcalf. He's proving that he deserves to be on this team as a slot receiver right now. He's beating out Bo Melton, seventh round draft pick out of Rutgers. Doesn't surprise me due to the fact of his productivity. Uh, he came into camp and just one of the, uh, pro, uh, Pete Carroll says spe specifically that Corey Thompson came in and one of the best shape or best players in shape for the upcoming training camp of all of them, which was a great sign. I saw some interesting stats and measurables between him and Cooper Cup. I'm not trying to say they're the exact same player because that would be outlandish or kind of ridiculous because triple, you know, Cooper Cup won the, the uh, triple crown. But they're literally almost the same identical measurable player between the, the thirty time, the forty time, the cones, the shuttles, uh, the length, width tall all that jazz right so i just wanted to kind of talk about Cody thompson his performance on the field yesterday and he seems to be a go-to player for uh drew lock as well as Geno smith derek young seventh round draft pick out of uh lenore ryan that's a handful to say this guy is really uh pushing bo milton kind of out of I'm, I'm talking a lot like saying that Bo Melton's not going to make it. I don't think he's going to make it. If he gets, if he's going to make it, he's going to get on to the practice squad. Derek Young is 
becoming a very reliable run blocker, which at wide receiver Pete really values in this system due to the fact, obviously, that we are a run-based heavy team. So, I mean, he's making a couple of his catches. He doesn't drop any balls. He has good blocking skills. And that's the kind of guy he's, uh, they kind of compared him to uh, Ricardo Lockett. So if that's the case, being a gunner on special teams will definitely keep you on the roster. And uh, see here, Sunday's walkthrough was surprising due to the fact that for the third consecutive day, Abe Lucas, rookie right tackle out of Wazoo, was the first team right tackle, not Jake Curhan. So the fact this is three days in a row is starting to raise some eyes, uh, some eyebrows, and people are starting to wonder if maybe he is pushing for the main spot at right tackle. That is to be determined. Practice is just about to start today. Probably start in the next hour or so. I will have those takeaways from today's practice on tomorrow's podcast. That is going to be it for today's show. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating. It helps me out a ton. If you guys have anything you want me to talk about on upcoming shows and podcasts, please let me know on my sports group on Facebook, Sports in the Northwest. You will see a Mariners uh, emblem on there. It's a teal green emblem. Please feel free to uh, hop onto the group. If you want to leave me a comment on there, just post, make a post on there. I will uh, do my best to toss it into the upcoming podcast and incorporate that for future shows. Uh, big Mariners game tonight. Yanks are in town. Seahawks practice is going on. I hope Logan Gilbert shows up versus Tyone. And uh, tomorrow, obviously, is Luis Castillo Day. Can't wait for it. Thank you guys so much for listening. CS Rise. Go Hawks.